Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth. For the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Potterburn. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome into another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, with you guys. As always, coming to you tonight on a Wednesday night. A little bit of downtime here in the middle of the week. But we got to get on here because that's right, guys. It is the night before the NFL Scouting Combine. And so plenty of stuff to keep you guys up to date on when it comes to the Tar Heel prospects that are going to be there. We'll talk to you about where things stand for those guys that are going to be competing in Indy. It actually gets underway for the Tar Heel guys tomorrow night um, as both Miles Murphy and Cedric Gray will be on the field. The linebackers defensive line go tomorrow. Uh, Drake May and Tez Walker will be waiting until Saturday. So Really, two days that you have to focus on those guys. Of course, Saturday, that'll line up perfectly. Those guys will be on the field later on in the evening, right after Carolina's game on the on the hard court against the NC State Wolfpack. But we do have to start by uh, sending our thoughts and prayers to the uh, Bernard family. You saw Gio there at the end of the intro. It plays during every edition of the podcast, and... Uh, Gio, one of the legendary Tar Heel running backs, and unfortunately, his family right now going through a really difficult time. Um, he posted something earlier today saying that they're dealing with a loss in their family. So um, if you are the, the type that uh, likes to keep people in your thoughts and your prayers, um, please do that during this time. Uh, you know, just hate to see uh, that him and his family are having to go through that. Gio, uh, truly one of the most kind-hearted people uh, I personally have never gotten a chance to meet him, but just from watching uh, how he's dealt with people uh, throughout his time at Carolina, throughout his time in the NFL, 
uh, you just hate to see that his family is having to go through that. So we're thinking of you, Gio, and uh, wishing you the best during this extremely difficult time. Let's uh, transition, talk about uh, some other guys that, uh, like Gio, will hope to eventually make it to the NFL level. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, Carolina with two guys that will take the field tomorrow, uh, two guys that were talking to the media today. I didn't see a lot come out from Miles Murphy. He had a couple of quotes yesterday with the media, um, especially he, he did sit down and was talking with uh, Justin Mello of the Draft Network, which the original plan, let you guys in on a little uh, behind the scenes here, was to have somebody on that was a draft analyst to sort of help preview the NFL scouting combine with me and where the Tar Heel guys stood. That did not go as according to plan, unfortunately. So it is just going to be me. But Justin Mello, who I just mentioned there from the Draft Network, he's going to be on with us early next week to recap everything that went on. Uh, expecting it to be sometime on Monday. So I'll make sure that you guys are keeping an eye out for that. That should be a real fun addition to sit down and talk with him. But look, you know, I've seen these guys. I've, I've done you know the research. There's going to be an article coming out. I'll probably put it up tomorrow morning that sort of updates where everybody is at on the draft boards. And uh, look, the four guys that are in Indy, those are your guys. They're not I, – I would be absolutely stunned if anybody else gets drafted. Uh, I think there are a couple of guys that could potentially land on NFL camp rosters, but none of those guys are here. Um, so we're not really going to talk that much about them. The article will cover a little bit more about what I think they ultimately have to do. But um, like I said, I've looked at a lot of the mock drafts. I've looked at a lot of the big boards and have kind of seen where these guys are at. Um, and look, we'll start with the guy that should be out there first tomorrow, I believe. Uh, not exactly um, you know, up to, uh, up to speed on exactly what order they're going to go in. But typically in years past, they've always gone with defensive linemen first. Uh, so Miles Murphy is uh, the guy that, I, I think, you know, is probably the biggest enigma of this group because when he w was invited to the East-West Shrine game, I think a lot of Tar Heel fans were kind of, uh, of course, wishing him the best, but maybe a little bit confused. Uh, that kind of goes back to his decision to even enter the NFL draft because during his time at Carolina, he just wasn't the most productive guy. I mean, the facts are there. The stats are there to back it up. So. I, I mean, I think a lot of people were kind of worried about what would actually go down when he was out there in Vegas with a lot of other top prospects. Well, he looked great. He performed about as well as just about any of the defensive linemen that were out there, especially the interior guys. A lot of people were complimenting him. They thought, uh, you know, he, he was really the guy uh, that stood out of that group. Um, a couple of people even said he was the top defensive lineman there that stood out amongst that, that group of guys that were out there. Um, and we heard, you know, while he was out there, there were a couple of teams that were interested. The Packers, uh, the Eagles were also interested in him, uh, and the Vikings. And now there's a few other teams that have sort of, uh, sort of started to emerge for him as well. So uh, the Packers, Eagles, and Vikings still in the mix as of right now, but the Texans, Cowboys – Giants and Browns have also reportedly shown interest. So, again, this is really where it, even more so, especially for a guy like him, even more so than the on-field drills, 
the big thing here is what do you show teams when you go into these interviews? You're here to try to impress. This is the most public job interview out there. They say that every year, and every year it gets more and more true with what they're going to show you. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if eventually we're going inside the rooms and actually hearing what these guys are being asked and everything like that. But uh, I, I do think the fact that he's getting this type of interest shows you that people really put stock into what he did at the East-West Shrine game. Here in Indy, on-field drills, I, there's not much you can take away from this, especially I, I think defensive line is probably the toughest group to take anything away from. Your edge rushers, maybe you can take a little bit away from that, um, especially the 10-yard split on the 40 shows you how quickly guys get off the line of scrimmage. And to a certain extent, I think defensive tackles, that probably is an area that they look at too. Um you know, same thing with how they handle getting off the line of scrimmage when they had the famous football on a stick that Rich Eisen loved so much. But other than that, you can't really see much. There's not a whole lot of power. I guess you want to see when they go through the drills, do they show some power or are they just kind of lazily going through um, when they're going up against the bags? But other than that, I mean, there's there's really not that much. I mean, you're not going to be focused on how quick he runs the 40-yard dash. If they try to get him into some of the spatial drills, I mean, I'm not expecting him to be the most uh, loose of hips uh, for a guy that's going to play on the interior of the defensive line. I mean, most people look at him as a traditional nose tackle. Um, so I just, to me, there's not much that can really be gained on the field. It's really more about what he does in the interviews and potentially in the weight room. I think that could definitely help him if he puts up a big number on the bench press. Uh, a guy that can help himself, though, is Cedric Gray because it feels like he's kind of entered that tier one of the linebackers. After his performance at the Senior Bowl, he really opened some eyes. I still think Peyton Wilson uh, and uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. are seen as guys that uh, some people like better than him, but I don't see him much further than number three on a lot of these big boards and a lot of the mock drafts in terms of interior linebackers. Uh, and I think there is an opportunity here because a lot of those big boards, he's really not that far off from Trotter or Peyton Wilson. So if he can show out here at the combine that he can move well in space, that he can catch the football well, I really do think there's a chance if he runs well, that could help him as well. I think there's a chance that he could end up being the first linebacker taken off the board. I got to be honest at this point, I'd be pretty shocked if he makes it out of day two. I think people after that senior bowl, I think people will have him pretty highly rated on their board. Uh, it's really more about how much do people value inside linebackers in this draft. I, I think there is zero chance that any of them are going in day one. I think even if you're going to see a guy go off the board, in day two, more than likely, it's going to be towards the end of that second round. But I think, you know, we're starting to see more and more people that think that could be Cedric Gray. So far this week, he's already met with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He said that when he was up on the stand earlier today, uh, said he really loved meeting Mike Tomlin. Apparently, he was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan growing up uh, as a kid, did not know that. So that's real cool for him to have that experience. He was raving about that opportunity to talk to Tomlin. And I think that could be a pretty good fit. We've seen what the Steelers have done in the past with their linebackers. 
getting a guy like this that can cover in space that will help a secondary that at times for Pittsburgh has had trouble covering. So I really do think that Cedric Gray in Pittsburgh could be a really good fit, a win, uh, an organization that for a while has been a winning one. So I, I think that would be a good situation for him. And then there were some reports that the 49ers are potentially interested. And there was one report that said that they potentially met with him. And there was another Niner site that did sort of counter that thought. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. I think you'll start to get a little more information on who certain guys met with as we get a little bit further away from it. I know there are pushes for teams like the Cowboys to meet with him. And there's a couple other uh, linebacker needy school uh, teams that I think could take a look here. But I think he definitely has something to gain. If he puts together a good performance, if he can continue to show off his athleticism, and especially if he was to run the best times out of these guys, I don't know if he will. I think Peyton Wilson, uh, he is an incredible athlete. Uh, so is Cedric Gray, though, so you never really know. But if he can get down to a pretty decent weight, remember, he was a wide receiver when he was in high school. So I, I think that athletic prowess is there. Might be a chance if he can go there and blow some people away with how fast he runs and people take a more serious look at him and he could find himself sneaking into the back end of that second round. Now, the guy that has the most to gain here um, out, out, is probably Tez Walker. And he's the guy that probably needs this the most because just a horrendous performance all around uh, at at the senior bowl. I mean, maybe that seems a little bit harsh, but I mean, the guy could not catch really anything out there. The contested catches are starting to become a concern with him. A lot of people still, you know, highlighting the separation. They like the fact that he's able to separate down the field with speed. But when you go up against some of these faster corners or guys that can get their hands on you and you're forced to have to work in a box, what is he able to do? He hasn't really shown that he's able to create consistent separation. Um, you know, I think some people are, are concerned about his route tree overall. And, you know, I, if he's not able to hold on to the football, it makes it hard for teams to really fall in love with him, especially in a draft class like this. And that's the thing that I've seen the most of here. He was a guy that, you know, Daniel Jeremiah was talking about him as a potential late day one pick when they entered the senior bowl. Now it feels like a lot of those talks have cooled off. He's a guy that, you know, went from being seen as a potential early second round guy to now slipping in on, onto the fringe of the third round, um, maybe even falling into the fourth round if he was to struggle here in Indy. So this is a chance for him to bounce back. Um, you're not going to be in these competitions with corners. So it's really just going to be you and the quarterback. And if you can catch the ball well, and look, you don't have to catch everything. If a ball is overthrown, they're not going to expect you to climb the ladder and dive with no pads on to make catches. But if the ball is on you and there were ones that were put on him very well in practice out in Mobile and he simply wasn't able to haul it in, if these guys are putting the football on you, you've got to be able to make catches because in this wide receiver class, the margin for error is very thin. Some of the guys at the top of the class, if they were to go there and struggle, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't even going, basically. He's going there doing interviews, and he's out. Um, but some of the other guys, look, if Malik Neighbors struggles, some of those types of guys, yeah, they're going to be perfectly fine. They're, they're going to end up 
getting picks still early in the draft. For a guy like Tez Walker, where there are some question marks, and there's so many other guys that are grouped around him, you need to be able to show that you can stand out. And I think, look, I, I've looked. I haven't seen any meetings that he's had scheduled. We'll probably learn a little bit more when he takes to the media stand uh, probably on Friday. Um, so I, I think we have to wait and see until then. There will be teams certainly that will be interested in him, but it, it's going to be one of those things where people are probably going to ask him when they sit down with him, what happened in Mobile? Did things just stack up on you too quickly? What do you have to do to sort of correct that? So it'll be important for him to, uh, you know, really prove to these GMs and these scouts that he sits down with that that was sort of a blip on the radar. Well, now let's get to the big dog in this race, and that is the quarterback, Drake May. He announced yesterday, will not throw, uh, originally reported by Josina Anderson of ESPN that he's just going to do the interview and physical part of the workout. So, um, you know, I think that probably means he'll run. Um, You'll probably see him do some of the other measurements, the broad jumps, stuff like that. He'll probably end up doing, but the throwing portion, he's going to sit it out. And look, it makes sense. Um, Guys are not really throwing at the combine anymore that are in that first round, especially a guy that's pretty much a lock for the first round like he is. I mean, it would take something unheard of for him to drop out uh, of, you know, the first couple of picks, first few picks. Um, I'd be shocked if he lasts past the top five. I think uh, if he falls uh, somewhere in that range, I got to be honest, if he's at four, I think Arizona probably ends up trading back. They have basically committed to Kyler Murray Um, so I would expect that if he is still available, someone would trade up. There are a lot of teams that are interested, uh, that have the option, uh, including teams like the New York giants, the Raiders. Um, those are some of the teams to keep an eye on, but I I think, you know, for Drake, it makes sense just to hold off, go through a scripted, uh, you know, throwing session at your pro day and, then, you know, let the tape speak for itself. Because I do think that outside of a couple of stragglers, um, Merrill Hodge, who basically, I, I mean, I don't know if he's ever actually used his eyeballs to watch a game that Drake Bay has played in because he called him unathletic, uh, which is just as inaccurate as it gets. I mean, a guy that runs for over 1,200 yards, not really sure how that guy's unathletic, but Sure, I'll, I'll let Merrill Hodge try to explain that to me. Um, and, you know, Kurt Benkert uh, pointing to his deep ball accuracy, despite him having the most big time throws in college football since 2020 by more than 20. Uh, so I look, I I think he's going to be perfectly fine, regardless of, you know, how some of these interviews go. Um, and I, I do think, you know, someone will take a risk on him early on. I'd be shocked. Uh, really, you know, if he falls past the Patriots at three. Uh, but it's really going to be important for him. I mean, the teams that he's expected to meet with, of course, the number one overall pick, the Chicago Bears are going to meet with him. The Washington Commanders are going to meet with him. That's the one that I think Toriel fans probably fear the most because that would mean he would be there with Sam Howell. The Minnesota Vikings are also on that list. The New York Jets, the New York Giants, the uh, New England Patriots, 
the Las Vegas Raiders, the Atlanta Falcons, the Seattle Seahawks, this and the New Orleans Saints, according to Ian Rappaport, are the teams that he is going to meet. Basically, the same teams that Jaden uh, Daniels is going to meet with and a lot of the same teams that you will see Caleb Williams meet with. Um, I, I think there's a chance that he could go to any of those teams. I really do. I, I think if he puts together that good of a performance and really stands out uh, in his pro day, and I, I don't know at this point how much stock people put into that. Um, when you rank kind of where they where, where people put what people put stock into, excuse me, in the pre-draft process, you're going to start with whatever college all-star game you go to. The combine would be second, and you would probably put the pro day third. But the most important thing for him is going to be how does he interview. And I feel like just from him being around the Tar Heel football program and Tar Heel fans kind of watching him, including myself, he seems like a guy that's going to come off really well in those rooms. He's a guy that's very knowledgeable. Um, you know, I, if you guys haven't seen some of the clips that have come out, I haven't been able to watch the full video, but if you haven't seen some of the clips that have come out of him breaking down his own film with Josh Norris of underdog fantasy, I mean, the guy knows just about everything you can know about the game. He is just as cerebral as Sam Howell is. And I think the tools are there for him that Sam Howell sort of lacks. And so I think, you know, if he goes into this room and can really blow some of these guys away, he he could still be in the conversation at number one. Now, the question is, will it be the Bears? Are they going to trust Justin Fields as their guy? Or are they going to take Caleb Williams uh, and stick with the guy that a lot of people have been projecting them to take for a while now? And then it falls into that nightmare scenario that I talked about with him potentially going to the Washington Commanders. That would mean that he would be there with Sam Howell would probably take over for him would then, you know, probably mean that the commanders would potentially look to trade Sam Howell. If not, he then has to be the backup to Drake may, which uh, would, you know, be interesting. They're both very good friends. Drake has talked about that, talked about it on the Adam Schefter podcast here recently. Uh, so it would be an awkward dynamic for sure in some sense, but at the same time, it would give him a friend along with them. I think some of the other spots that are interesting, the Patriots, of course, because of the success that they've had recently. Now, the thing is, no Bill Belichick. Um, you know, they, they've got a new head coach in Gerard Mayo, who's going to run things very similar to Bill Belichick because he came out from under Bill Belichick, uh, who he coached under for the last few years. But it's going to be a new look there. Is it going to be similar I don't know. I don't think they're a team that's going to be able to really gain a lot of traction there quickly because they just have so much to replace on that offensive side of the ball. And their best offensive lineman is a free agent this year. Most people expect that he will not resign. Uh, the wide receiving core has been a disaster there for a while. So I don't know if that's quite the ideal scenario for them. The New York Giants are interesting. As a guy that is a New York Giants fan, I know this team about as well as anybody. Um, the thing is, is that they don't know what they're going to do with Saquon Barkley. You'd love for him to have a weapon like that there if they're going to end up taking him. But more than likely, 
Uh, they would probably let Saquon Barkley walk in that scenario and trust that they're getting a generational quarterback that could come in and make an impact there. Receiver-wise, they've got they're getting better. I think there's more of a commitment to get weapons in there. Uh, really like Wandale Robinson if he could stay healthy. I think that would be the type of Josh Downs player in the slot that he really thrived with when he was at Carolina in 2022. And you saw this year not having a guy like that uh, throughout the season, I think really hurt him at times. Um, and I think the offensive line is getting better. I think Andrew Thomas uh, at left tackle is a franchise guy. I think John Michael Schmitz in the middle at center. He unfortunately got hurt uh, earlier in the year when they uh, ran into him on a tush push. Um, so hopefully if he would be a able to stay healthy that could be a cornerstone piece I think they're in a little bit better shape than the Patriots are right now and I do think that that could be an intriguing destination but some of the spots that I think make the most sense probably for him one of them that's not on here is the Denver Broncos I think that's one that if he could get there work with Sean Payton I do think that they have some good options at receiver as well I think offensive line wise is probably the area they need to improve the most it also uh, be united with a guy that uh, I can't remember. Was he there? I think he was there with Javante. I think they crossed during his true freshman year. So he would have a good running back alongside of him, a couple of good running backs that they got there. Or they rotate guys out there. Uh, I, I think that could be a good scenario, but don't know if they're going to be on the table. The Raiders, I kind of like the Raiders, especially if they were to find a way to entice Devontae Adams into staying there. I know there's been talks about them potentially trading him. Sucks that they would let Josh Jacobs walk, which seems like it's probably on the table, but don't really know if they're what they're looking at at running back. There could be some potential there. Um, and I love the defense that they have there. That would certainly help him out a lot, something that he didn't really have the aid of in his time at Carolina. Uh, but some of the best spots probably, I mean, the, the Seahawks would be tremendous. Uh, I think they're in a, a pretty good spot. I know they're starting over with Mike McDonald, but ultimately they're going to keep one of the receivers. I would say Tyler Lockett's probably the guy that they keep. That's an explosive weapon for him. They also have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I think is really, really good. And he has the potential to be one of the top quarterback, uh, one of the top wide receivers, excuse me, uh, moving forward. Uh and I also think that, you know, Kenneth Walker in the backfield at, at running back would be outstanding. Solid offensive line, not great, uh, but still, I think probably the best scenario that could, you could slot him in right now. Um, don't know if he would initially start there, would probably get a chance to sit, which could also be very helpful. And then the Saints, similar situation, would probably sit behind Derek Carr. Uh, the thing is, I don't really know how much time they think Derek Carr has moving forward. Um, so that could be one where... If he goes there, Derek Carr plays great. He could get stuck behind him and potentially never get out from behind him. So that's the one thing that is a little bit concerning. So there's your look at, at the NFL scouting combine. We're about uh, three minutes away from uh, rivals reunited over on ACC Network. Uh, Roy Williams sitting down along with Mike Krzyzewski and, of course, Wes Durham. So I want to get you out of here uh, for that, but really quickly, got to tell you about the Autograph app, guys. Make sure you head over and check out the Autograph app. You can find it in the Apple App Store. And look, guys, 
Do you want to get rewarded for your acts of fandom like listening to this show? The team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, is redefining the fan experience by letting users earn points for the acts of fandom they take every day like listening to this show. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to your favorite UNC content all in one place and offers rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and more. They just gave away some tickets today to the NC State basketball game on Saturday for just $16 a ticket. So all they're going to have plenty more chances to win tickets like that, especially if Carolina makes a deep run in the tournament, and they could have more for you guys come football season. You're already listening to our show, uh, reading our articles on the website, but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it. Head over to the Apple App Store, search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded, and download it for free today using the referral code HEELTOP. Link and code will also be in the podcast description. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast, guys. We want to thank everybody who hopped on here and watched live. We want to thank all those that will listen back later on. But for now, head over to the ACC Network. Check out Rivals Reunited with Roy Williams sitting down with his old rival, Mike Krzyzewski, as well as the son of Woody Durham, West Durham. Uh, and for now, we say so long until next time here on the Heel Tough Vlog Podcast. Next edition, that'll be coming your way. Justin Mello on Monday to recap all the stuff we just talked about here and how these guys did at the Combine. So, uh, once again, Anthony Pagnata stepping away for tonight. Uh, saying thank you guys for watching and as always, go Tar Heels!